You're listening to Tom Johnson from I'dRatherBeWriting.com. And today I'm just letting you know that the recording for the Menlo Park API documentation workshop that I gave on November 8, 2018 is now available. This recording provides more than five hours of instruction about writing API documentation, and you can listen to it and view it for free. You can view both the video and audio, or if you just want to listen to the audio, maybe uh, as a podcast, you can also do that. Uh, basically, um, I put this on the API documentation uh, site that I have. If you go to I'dRatherBeWriting.com and click API Doc in the top navigation bar, or go to uh, I'dRatherBeWriting.com slash learn API Doc, you can find it. It's in the uh, recorded video presentation section where you will also find the recording of the API doc workshop I gave in Denver, Colorado earlier this year, back in March, 2018. Uh, so I just wanted to add a few notes here about the microphones, uh, just out of passing interest in case you're kind of an audiophile or you have interest in microphones. For the Denver workshop, I used a Movo cardioid lapel mic and just for fun because I have all these mics here I'm gonna switch over to this all right now I have switched over to the Movo cardioid microphone now what is a cardioid it refers to the shape of the sound capture if you think of a, a heart pattern it's gonna capture everything that's right in front of it and drown out everything around it I thought this would be kind of ideal for presenting because I mostly just wanted to capture my own voice and I would repeat the audience's questions. What I failed to really realize is that cardioid is very sensitive to distances from the microphone. And when you're presenting, you're not just looking straight ahead with like a very level fixed position of your of your mouth to the microphone. Now, while you're presenting, you're looking left because you're looking at audience people over there, or you're looking right because you're looking back at the screen, or you're looking down because your computer is is uh, right there and you have to hit a button or you're doing a demo and then you look back up and then uh, now suddenly the voice has become quiet again. Then you look back down and there goes the voice. Then you look back up and you look to the side and all this uh, doesn't work so well with cardioid. It just it just uh, has too much fluctuation in the volume. Cardioid is is actually superb when you when you can put your mouth kind of close to the microphone. Let me unclip it from my um, collar here, my shirt button, and I'm gonna put this about two inches from my mouth. And here, if I'm speaking, uh, well, I don't want to distort the mic. If I'm speaking, uh, there's really a richer sounding voice that you can hear. And Cardioid does a much better job at capturing this rich sound when you can be close. But the problem is when you're presenting, you don't have the microphone two inches from your mouth. Uh, it's just not how it, how it is. I mean, you have it maybe three or four inches below your chin, but it's not in direct line of sight to the sound. So let me pin it back there. Um, overall, this this mic 
isn't so bad. It's, it's probably decent and then if I would have just uh, kept my voice more level and not looked left and right and up and down so much, it probably would have worked just fine. All right, now I'm, I'm back to my regular microphone. For the Menlo Park API workshop, I decided that uh, I needed a needed an omnidirectional lapel mic instead of a cardioid lapel mic. So let me plug that in right here. All right, so now I have the Shure omnidirectional lapel mic plugged in. And this Shure omnidirectional microphone um, capture sound better because it it's not as dependent on having a very consistent and predictable distance uh, from from your your mouth uh, you can turn your head from right and turn it to left and turn it up and turn it down and it's not going to freak out it's not like as sensitive to that that difference in the distance um, it's also going to capture uh, what the audience says in a little a little better way. Um, this mic in particular does have a little bit more background noise, I think. This is what some of the reviewers said, and I could tell a little bit of that as well. Um, in both cases, I, I did some post-processing of the audio to try to, to bring it up. I felt that the Movo sounded a bit flat to me, um, and the Shure one was kind of really soft. Um, in looking for ways to make my voice sound warmer, or richer, or just better, I, I stumbled across an interesting audio technique um, that I'll post a link to here. Basically, you, you manipulate some of the compressor settings, uh, you uh, move your highs and your lows in the frequency uh, to different ranges. I'm not like an audio uh, super technical person to understand all the details of what's going on there but if you do some of these settings in this this tip it's kind of fascinating how, how it can change your voice pretty pretty significant just to give you a sample of what the audio changes uh, sound like and what the result is I have added a little clip here that I have processed using this technique Maybe you can hear more of the highs and lows of my voice uh, amplified. Maybe it sounds richer. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just sounds different. At any rate, you can now uh, hear what I was describing. Anyway, that's it for the microphones. You know, if you're thinking of... Uh, let me undo this one. If you're thinking of, you know, getting a microphone to record a presentation that you have... Check out those two, uh, the Movo Cardioid, the Shure uh, Omnidirectional. They're both lapel mics, and they both have XLR inputs. An XLR input is like a, it's not your quarter-inch jack. It's a big thing, a plug that's about the size of your thumb with three big pins on it. So you need an XLR input, and I have a, a Zoom H4 Pro recorder, which is a handheld recording uh, mic. Works great. Um, it, uh, you basically plug those in and then I stick the whole thing in my pocket. You know, other people often have like a, uh, a setup that involves, um, like a wireless receiver, but that's beyond what I needed. So I just stick it all in my pocket and it, it tends to work out well.
I do think that the sound quality of audio makes a huge difference in the listenability of any kind of workshop. I've read that the video can be bad, but if the audio is bad, people really can't put up with that like they can with video. One last question I just wanted to address is why, why provide re uh, recordings for free for workshops that are actually paid workshops? Well, in an earlier post on my site called If Writing is No Longer a Marketable Skill, What Is?, I noted that traffic to my API documentation site is actually greater than the traffic to my blog. Now, I've only had the API doc site up for two years or so, whereas my blog I've had for like a decade or more. <clears throat> um, so it's kind of fascinating how much traffic the API documentation content gets versus just regular blog content. I think that by putting information assets online for free, whatever type of content, whether it's written, whether it's video, audio, other content, it adds to the content discovery and visits to the site, which then can attract advertising and other benefits like speaking engagements, uh, potential readers for the API doc book that I'm still working on, um, job security, whatever. I think that the, the way that the Write the Docs conference posts video recordings of their events, sometimes the same day or the next day, yet continues to sell out their conference each year, just reinforces the fact that people will still come to your event or your site, even if they can consume the content uh, elsewhere, like YouTube, for free. So it's an interesting model. It's definitely more risk when you put stuff out there for free, but I, I think it is worth it. Um, and it's not really that exciting of content. Uh, if you look at the views, you'll see for, for the Denver API workshop, Part I divided that one into three parts. Part one had uh, 2,400 views, part two, 970, and part three, 433. So it's kind of probably uh, predictable how the views would drop off. And I expect the Menlo Park one to have somewhat similar um, similar cascade of, of listens. The, for the Menlo Park one, it was a little bit longer, so I divided that into five videos. Anyway, check it out. Go to my site, idratherbewriting.com, click API Doc, expand that first section, and you'll find recorded video presentations. You can listen there and check out the other content on, on my blog and the API Doc site. Thanks again for listening.